Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in downtown Pittsburgh. And he is Ramon in downtown Hendersonville, Tennessee. <laughs> What's going on, Moan? Not much, man. Getting used to doing this show live, DK. We were joking on uh, before we came on. And I've seen this skit, I think, from Bill O'Reilly. where He was like, screw it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. And that's what the Ramon Foster Show is. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. We definitely will. <laughs> we will, man. I'm here for this. I enjoy this, DK. You know what? As of late, no breaking news. I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, man. You know what's crazy? That Mimoji up top right there in the dead center of us. I think its neck is thicker than mine now. At least my wife thinks my neck has gotten super skinny out here. So, hey, I'll take it. I couldn't find the emoji. I couldn't find the theme song. Yeah. We're off to a rough start. My guess is that the citizens don't really care all that much. Uh, they're, yeah. here to, they're here to talk football. If you don't know how to do that, you got to switch over to YouTube live or to Facebook. And all you do is you leave a comment there. We already have a bunch of them. We're going to, because it doesn't take long, just like this, they're up. Uh, and uh, Ed, Ed gets us started with some really heavy stuff here. <laughs> yeah, let's Ed, go. Ed, Ed says the Browns still <laughs> suck. And this is, this is a kind of, you know, we're looking for something that's real heavy and yeah, intellectual and everything else here. You, um, you know what I will do? I'm going to take as I able to pin this one right here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to actually pin. I'm going to actually text him live just to see if we can get a response out of him. What do you, you think about that? Text who? Bud? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not tampering on our end, is it? No. That's just called using your resources. You're, you're all just stealers. <laughs> see? Right? Plus, you, he's a free agent. There's no tampering with a free agent. It is not any tampering with the free yeah. agent. I'm going to tell him he's wanted and loved in the city of, of legends. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Alex says it's the first time catching us live. It, you know what? It's, it's, a, it's a different experience. We've heard that from people uh, repeatedly over the past couple of weeks uh, where they'll see the recording, okay? Yeah. Like they always did. But they're like, but I got to get in there at some point. I got to get in there. And I'll, I'll tell you this. We make every attempt because i'm doing this myself to yeah. get to get these to get as many of your comments and remarks in uh as the show is going along here uh Dwayne says he's a little late for work but he's on time for the show i'm gonna put those two things together Dwayne. <laughs> you know what if this is can't miss man hopefully your boss is tuned in too so it doesn't uh he doesn't get fired or you don't get fired with him i'm all for that dk why not right Daniel Suarez says, hey, Moan, can you talk about the Lamar Jackson and the Aaron Rodgers situation? Why is it connected, Daniel? Why are they, why are they linked? Uh, very interesting. Uh, this, this is the, the new NFL, man, when it comes down to uh, how quarterbacks navigate. I've always said quarterbacks are the most powerful players on the entire team. You know me as a union guy. I've always been the type of person who said, we need more quarterbacks speaking up for us because when they speak, everybody listens. Aaron Rodgers' situation is, man, he's played double dutch too many times for his, his franchise, the Green Bay Packers, right now. And I think they're a little bit tired of it, and I also think his – 
uh, some of his teammates may be. If the reports are true about Jordan Love uh, being, you know, ready to start, and Green Bay also uh, is – How long has he been there? Four years now. Four years. And they also got to make decisions as a franchise, as a Green Bay Packers, on if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. And they know absolutely nothing about this guy as far as in-game experience. So I think they're ready to move on. It's just that Aaron Rodgers has a very sticky situation if he's carrying about $60 million of cap space. And on top of that, let's go to the other side, Lamar. Lamar is such a unique situation because he's a very dynamic player. But you look at what he's actually done past that that MVP season, and it hadn't been a whole lot. Teams have somewhat figured him out, but he's just that important as a weapon, correct, DK? Mm-hmm. But and, and when you have a guy like him that's that 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 has turned down other deals and he's acting as his own agent, now you look at the emotional side of negotiating. They're telling Lamar, if y'all don't know how negotiations go, they don't tell you how great you are because the moment they tell you how great you are is the moment they realize they got to pay you beyond all measures. So they can't do that. That's what I think the agent buffer is there for. So if Lamar don't like the deal, he just turn it down. Yeah. And how you negotiate and nothing DK, personal. It ain't nothing personal. It's just business. Are you willingly going to tell somebody you're the best in the world and here's $48 million a year all guaranteed? That's mm-hmm. tough. I always try to tell people when they're doing these types of negotiations, like there is some give and some take. And uh, and I'll say this too: the Browns really messed up this situation as far as business goes. For the players, it's awesome. Deshaun Watson never had really an MVP type of season, and he got two hundred and forty million dollars all guaranteed. Mm-hmm. If I was a franchise quarterback in this day and age, too, DK. I need about what he got and as much guaranteed as I possibly can. And that's why Lamar's situation is sticky. I still think since he's had no traction on it, he'll be back in Baltimore. Yeah, I do too. I do too here. Britton Hill says, I finally made it on time. (laughs) Hey, Moan, do you guys think about Marvin Leal? It seems to be forgotten. I do. I I mean, I just don't know in what context right now. Do you? Well, what we've seen – Lately, I guess a lot of people saying Cam's been on banging on the table saying he need defensive line help. And I think yeah. a lot of people look at that and probably say, oh, well, what about the guys you have in the room? Well, DeMar Leal is one of those type of players. You mean I'm, in the room? In the room. Yeah, yeah, he's there. He's there. But you know how it is when you see somebody every day, you don't necessarily know what you're going to. I mean, you, you don't acknowledge them as much. So with that being said, He's a guy that's going to be a force. I'll say this. The table that I sat at at dinner Mm -hmm. was the table that they said, hey, Mo, he got to grow up a little bit more so he can help us. I think we saw a lot of uh, of good things out of DeMarvin Leal when he got healthy. We're having information shared with us here by you guys. Yeah. That James Pierre has signed. Uh, That is another corner, a depth. That is what James Pierre is. Now, they have seen him at times. Mm Mm-hmm. As someone who has the potential. In fact, he had a second half of the season a couple of years ago. Yeah. That Mike Tomlin singled out as saying, We really feel like he remember that. Right. Remember that? It was mm-hmm. his pre-draft press conference. And it looked like that outside corner job was going to be Pierre's to lose. Yeah. Now, what is it? You know? It- you know who who are who are I mean obviously Patrick Peterson's gonna play uh, yeah all right Levi Wallace gonna play yep 
Yep. Is it Levi Wallace versus James Pierre versus draft pick? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's just what it is, though, DK. What what have we been saying about this team as of late? They're young and there's a lot of ch- turnover, right? With mm-hmm. that being said, a guy like James Pierre, he, he's used to being in this role. He know what the expectations are when it comes down to being in the competitive environment. And he also know what the expectation is as far as play. You put him in a room against other guys inside of that room and you get the best, whatever that best may be. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get all pro, pro, pro guys, but that's the thing. It's only so many of those guys, regardless, and so many dudes that I think get overshadowed because they don't have that name, what you call them as far as the all-stars. Um, and and because of that, I think we'll, we'll see how good this room is this year. Yeah, uh, everybody's really piling on the Browns here. Uh, Chris says, hey, Moan, how do players react when they're given nicknames by media and the fans, such as the Iron Curtain, he means the Steel Curtain. Steel Curtain and the Killer and the, Bees, and then the Killer Bees, not the Bees here. So, so Chris, the first thing you want to do is going to get the nicknames right. I'm going to answer one part of this since he brought up the ahead. media here. It is now very rare for the media to come up with nicknames. That was a thing from the past, uh, even in newspapers. Yeah, where someone would say. You know, so and so is the galloping ghost. Okay, which, think about old school yep, sports writing, yep, right? Yep. With a capital G and a capital G, the galloping ghost. I don't even know who the heck was the galloping ghost, or if I just made that up. But it sounds great, right? It does. Or what was his name? Billy White Shoes. Billy uh, White Shoes Johnson. Yeah, you get those number eighty four for the Houston Oilers. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind automatically, right there. Or let's say Mean Joe Green. Yeah, Ernie you, Arrowhead Holmes. Man, you, you, you could do this all day you with could. all the players, but the, it it does not exist much anymore. It don't, uh, but it's, it's one of those unique things. And I'll say this, if you are getting those names, that means you're a very, very solid group, too. Let's just get that straight, too. I was okay with being called the Ragu. I mean, I'll stick around for a little bit more for that one. <laughs> I like that as well here. The Browns yeah. fully guaranteed Josh Dobbs on a one-year deal, too. Uh, what do you have to say about the Browns on this afternoon, Moan? Uh, I'll say this. I text Josh Dobbs yesterday and let it be known. Hey, I'm only cheering for you. (laughs) Just so you know, man, uh, Mm -hmm. the Browns did good by him. Dobbs, man, had a good showing here in Tennessee when he signed last year late as far as his play. His market suggested that uh, the Browns are going to give him a better deal, fully guaranteed. And I'll say this too, relationships somewhat matter. Uh, He and Deshaun Watson's on-the-field relationship was really, really good. And y'all know what I always say. The backup quarterback is going to talk to who first, DK, when he comes off the field? Uh, he's going to talk to Dobbs. Yeah, he's going to talk to Dobbs. <laughs> yeah. The same way Ben talked to Charlie or, or Dobbs. Also, or remember Dobbs. that? Yeah. Yeah, he went – Ben would bypass. He'd like – he'd walk to the sideline, and here's Mason Rudolph, and then Ben would kind of like go right around him and yeah. then go to Dobbs. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, DK, I, I like this one too. Um, I, I kind of want to bring this up. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind real quick. Oh, yeah. This one right here, Samello. I think there's a misspelling on his name. I saw those comments and actually listened to him. He he did uh, announce that he would be okay with playing uh, tackle. Now, again, I kind of addressed this yesterday by saying, look, he's a guy that was paid specifically for a position at left guard, I feel like. He's going to be a starter, but I think he's been very respectful into the guy that's in waiting right now 
as far as Kevin Dotson go to not step on his toes. That ain't his position as a player to be saying, hey, yeah, I'm coming in to start at left guard. I know we love to hear that, but there is a respect factor when it comes down to the game. And you never know. He and Dotson may end up being really good friends or as it happened to be one of the years that I was there. Somebody might get hurt, DK, and you don't want to push a dude out with the with the bath water. Okay, throw the baby out with the bath water because you you think you're gonna start. There's a long way from now until opening day as far as mini camp, OTAs, training camp, preseason games. Red Grange was the galloping ghost. I knew somebody would come through with this one. <laughs> I, I really did. I, I had a good feeling about that. You can always count. You could. Uh, on on our uh, on our amazing viewers here, uh, Tycho asks, "Hey Moan, did you or any other offensive lineman during during your time have any reporters or journalists that you really liked aside from DK? Don't presume that they all like me, believe me, or disliked." Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it was a few that I really enjoyed. Man, um, Fowler was really good. He's now on ESPN. I really Jeremy enjoyed Fowler. Him, yeah, I thought Mark was pretty good. Caboli. Uh, and mostly, you know, I was very media friendly, DK. So it wasn't anybody that got on you're my the, bad. Bouchette, I like Bouchette. You're the worst person to ask his question. Yeah, I am. You like you like everybody. <laughs> I, I I do like that. Like there's <laughs> all of the guys that were in the locker room. I never had an issue with whatsoever. Now, and, and the other thing, you know, somebody, you know, it was it was mentioning here. I can't find the question now, but they were talking about who, you know, which offensive lineman. Uh, uh, you know, would would be the, the best talkers, and which ones are the most compatible with it? All of them, man. It's it's yeah. it's, it's the offensive line. You know, it is. That's because we don't get much. You know, we don't get much anyway. So we got to find ways to to make ourselves known without getting flags and fifteen yarders. Yeah, that's right. Here, thoughts on Darnell Washington at thirty two. At thirty two, I think that's a little too early for a secondary tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. I love his Although talent. it's a good class. It's a really good class of tight ends. No, 100%. I just think he is a little, is a smidge too early at 32 to be leaping out like that. And on top of having uh, Hayward, also having uh, uh, Pat, like you got some good weapons there already. And um, I think that's a luxury pick if we're talking about getting him at 32. Clay says, how, do you, how quickly do you guys think that Calvin Austin the third will see consistent action in the offense. Do you think it'll be a slow trickle in key plays, or do you see a lot of early on experience for him? His career is going to be like Dree Archer's to me. Not like that. Let okay. me say this. <laughs> Let me clear that up. Try that one again. Well, well, well. It de- it, it's all going to depend on how healthy he is. I know his situation, he was always mostly healthy at Memphis, so it wasn't a real big issue for him. It's just the league is a little bit different when it comes down to how guys are treating what the hits actually are that you're taking. If he stays healthy, he could be incorporated into that that Steelers offense early and as often as you absolutely need him to be. So it's it's not a, a, you know, can he play it? It's a matter of how healthy can he actually be to actually make those plays for him. Who was the nastiest player you went up against? Oh, nastiest player I went up against, uh, Wesley Woodyard. He, he was pretty nasty in his approach to playing. That's not ringing uh, a bell at all. Denver Broncos okay. guy, played for the Titans also. Uh, hard nose, uh, of, of course, any of the Cincinnati players. Wallace Gilberry was, was nasty but respectful too. You know how that one goes. 
Uh, it was a bunch of, I hate to say pricks out there, but they, they really are. <laughs> I mean, and you know what I'd expected and wouldn't expect anything less than that. So yeah, that's, that's a part of it. But it, the matchups between Cincy was always just despicable. When we come back more of your questions. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. This is your reminder that the hay moans in this show are brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. They have a certain number of expert chefs, Moan. Yeah, yeah, three of them, Three of them who fine-tune every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for crave-ability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Eddie Spaghetti comes in with Ramon. <laughs> if you were able to draft for us at pick 17, who would you want to draft? 17 is such a cushy spot because if it you is. miss Adam, you don't really mess up too much when it comes down to it. Uh, I think at 17, although I hate to say it, I think you're you're good enough to get a D-tackle nose tackle at that position. The Maisie kid, if that's what we're lacking as far as a guy being able, uh, Maisie Smith from Michigan, I've been watching him. If you're able to get a guy like him at 17 or a little bit later at 32, that is a very sweet spot to go get a guy. Now, again, I'd also say um, a cornerback, too. I don't know which one, DK, but those two positions, I think, are prime for Pittsburgh moving forward because if you can get a really good linebacker at 32, you're cooking. Yeah. Jeff says, uh, hey, Moan. Given the capital already devoted to the offensive line, and, and he does mean capital, yeah. this is now getting to be a pricey group. The belief that better surrounding talent could elevate Dan the man more, who no one calls him that, wouldn't it be prudent to go defense in round one? Love the show. Yeah, yeah, that's what we've been saying, and that's where I'm at on Samello. Like, no one calls him that. Uh, no, nobody calls him Dan the Man. <laughs> Only Dan the Man we know is Rooney, okay? Uh, uh, with that being said, I, I think that's what happens moving forward. One, you create a competition at left guard. I'm not just going to kick Dotson out unless he removes himself from that left guard position. What happens, though, is this. Samello, like I told you yesterday, Jordan Maialata, he helped bring him along here, uh, bring him along in, in uh, Philly. Like, he's been in that position with a young, inexperienced guy, and I think that's fair to say about Dan Moore moving forward. It's just he's got to get his experience and get his ability to know how to be a pro up, and what better guy to have than Samelo right next to him. You know, this idea, by the way, that Samelo can play or would move to tackle or whatever, no. Uh, yeah. what, the way he answered the question, uh, on, at the press conference was that he's willing and happy to do anything. Every offensive lineman says that. You yeah. probably said it too, Moan. You probably yeah. said, I, oh, I can do whatever it is you need. I'd be center. I can play left tackle. Yeah. You know, throw me a couple footballs and I'll be your tight end. 100%. Also, uh, just Jeff, yes, I, if, I, if there was a prop bet on the Steelers going defense first round, I'd take that prop bet, okay, on whatever betting service you use. Brent Haynes says, hey, Moan, do you think Matt Canada was told 
to keep the book simple. You said yesterday we wanted a Canada segment, so just got to keep asking more. Yes, <laughs> Brent. Uh, very fair question to ask, man, because uh, I, I do think there was a component of it, so much so that Mr. Rooney kind of mentioned that in the uh, off-season pressures that he had as far as keeping everything the same, as far as keeping it simple for Kenny, you have to. He's a rookie. He's learning on the fly. That's why him being in Florida or Arizona, California, with his wide receivers is so important to him. Uh, did, did you tell him to keep it simple? Probably not. Is the idea that he they had to keep it simple because he was so young? Yes, I love to see more complexity when it comes to this offense this year, but Kenny's got to be able to handle it. I know his interceptions were a little high last year, too. We need to see that kind of drop and his delivery to his wide receivers and, and, and authority in that offense go up a little bit. Another Brent jumps in and says, how many receptions should George Pickens have next season before Matt Canada should be fired? How many receptions? If he don't have 115-plus, we got a real big problem. You know, DK, that's where I sit on that one. He is so talented. And at the same time, he still has some proving to do here. Okay. Let's he be fair too. here. Okay. Yep. Uh, whenever you saw later in the season that he was getting utilized a little more and he was getting utilized in different situations, uh, don't take me for someone who's knocking George Pickens. Okay. Yeah. But little things became exposed. Because that's just normal. More reps, more playing, whatever else. You become a better player, mm -hmm. but also more bad things have a chance of happening for whatever reason. Okay, so yeah. I'm not saying to, to, to temper expectations. I think the expectations for this kid are absolutely through the roof. But I'm saying the idea of building him up as, you know, some perfect wide receiver or whatever, I, I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, no no doubt about it, man. Uh, he going to have to grow, too. And I'll say this. I told you last year, I love his attitude, but we need to find a way to box that and put that in his feet and hands so we're not getting penalties and silly stuff or targets on his back because that can happen in his league. Louie wants Al on the show. Al? Yes. Al is a yes. It's a matter of our timing to go. Uh, Roosevelt Knicks is a yes. Uh, Willie Cologne is a yes. Uh, Marquise is a yes. Uh, we, we, we Willie have this will be good. Up. Willie's Willie, going to be Willie phenomenal. Willie's going to be really good. I listen to Willie's show going to work in the morning because he's on Eastern time. He's on a little bit before me. Yeah, I, I, Willie's going to be real good. Mm -hmm. uh, here comes a question from S400 who says, how and why did Matt Kennedy even get hired in the first place? He was a mediocre guy. <laughs> you know what he saw, S4000? He saw he's got to get hit with the league. And I think what Matt Canada is somewhat capable of and experiences he's had at LSU, at Maryland, at Pitt, you 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 want to believe that. And this is the thing, too, y'all. I'm going to just pull this one back for you a little bit. If Matt Canada does get that good, what's going to happen, DK? Oh, yeah, he's out of there. He's going to be, be a coach. head coach. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a head coach. So I ain't saying that's the plan. But check about every hot, young, core, offensive coordinator mm -hmm. in the NFL. Yep. They become head coaches ASAP. Mm -hmm. Polly's getting nosy here. He wants to know if you heard back from Bud yet. You know what? I did. And, and? he told me. Oh. <laughs> I can show you the messages. I sent them the screen. <laughs> and I don't know if that means it's brewing for him or what. But anytime Bud, Bud's never failed me. I'm not uh, saying the rumors are or are not true. But he's going to let me know soon. Well, what was your question for him? 
Uh, exactly as it was sent in. Uh, what about Bud coming back to Pittsburgh? Uh, he sent the smile, smirk is. with the. So I like we'll it. keep it there. I'll yeah. take that as a positive sign here. That's P- a positive. Sign. PJ wants to know who is your favorite player besides Bud of all time, Steelers and in the league. Your favorite Steeler and your favorite NFL player of all. My time. favorite Steeler. I'm gonna go older guy. Guys, I play well. I could easily yeah, say yeah. Marquise is easy for sure. Me. Yeah. My favorite man was probably. Uh, I'm gonna be real with y'all. Troy Palomalu. Hmm. I think across the board. Because Troy acknowledged me as a young dude without even knowing who the heck I was. And not even before that. Anytime I've hit Troy up, he's just a great friggin' human being about everything that he's done, man. Troy Palomalo is, as, as they like to say sometimes, the salt of the earth, okay? Uh, yeah, uh, he was older than me, so I got to go with Troy. He was on the other side of the ball. Yeah, that's uh, – how about NFL. NFL, uh, overall most favorite, Deion Sanders. Oh, that's interesting. Because you got to think, I'm raised in Tennessee. We didn't have a pro team growing up, the Cowboys. Like, watching him with San Fran and the Cowboys and uh, had a poster up in my room, um, that's the first one that comes to mind, if you ask me. And him and Emmitt Smith. I'm going to go back further. And I'm going to go back in Titans history, except it ain't the Titans. Munch. Nope. Houston, Houston Oilers, Earl Warm. Campbell. Earl, Earl Campbell. that's yours. I have never seen a player, a football player, who had me as mesmerized as he did every time he touched the ball. Moan, he had three years there where he was playing a different game than everyone else was playing. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, because he, he got hurt uh, early in his career, an injury, by the way, that today yeah. would have been nothing. Mm-hmm. With mo- modern medicine, arthroscope, whatever, he would have been right back on the field. It would have been like it would have been like nothing. He'd have been out for three weeks. Yeah. But when he had the football, when he was handed the football, he was a human, sh- just a show, a one man show. He could not be brought down. Yeah. And I've not seen. And I'm not old enough to have seen Jim Brown, who I understand, and I've seen the highlights, you know, mm-hmm. and all the. You know, it's like, yeah. But I, as a kid, saw Earl Campbell. Yeah. And because Houston, people forget this, we're in the Steelers division, which is kind of weird. And and the and the Oilers were a real rival, even of those great Steelers. Yeah, I learned about that the hard way doing my morning show. They hate the Steelers, by the way, too. Oilers, Titans fans. Oh my! And I, I never knew why. And yeah. I say this too. A lot of people probably didn't. They probably thought like, well, you're supposed to say offensive lineman. I'm a quick pro tip. I did not want to play offensive lineman at all. At all, DK. You, I were, wanted to, you were a wide receiver. I was a tight end and tight a defensive end. Yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. They moved me to D tackle and tackle like my senior year in high school. And I ended up getting a scholarship from it. I did not want to play O-line. That's good stuff here. Uh, yeah, Dwayne comes in and says he's he's good. He had an Earl Campbell jersey from the old AFC Central. Oh, there is no, there's yeah. there's no shortage of this. If you want to talk about a rival here, Brian Brown says that the Houston Oilers can kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> if you still hate the Oilers thirty yeah. years after they last existed, yeah, uh, that that's pretty tough here. 
got a whole lot. We got some more Earl Campbell coming here, Moan. We do. We do, yeah. man. And then here's another one that jumps in on a lot of lists. But you want to know one of the first questions I asked Charlie Barry Batch? Sanders. Hmm. How, how was it handing the ball off to Barry Sanders, man? That was one of the first things I ever asked Charlie Batch, man. Absolutely. And? Yeah, he was just, it was cool. Barry was him. Like, if you, like, I, we didn't get into it because I wanted to make that show about Charlie when we did it. Uh, but, but Charlie conversation about how Barry did not show up to camp. Jeez. It is an in-depth one. We might have to bring him on. We can, we can get an extra slide in here for him. For Charlie. There's yeah, always 100%. room at the table for Charlie. Always. Yeah. There's in, in, in life and in any other, and in any other capacity. Um, yeah. Brent comes in with a Joe green hands down and yeah. All that other stuff here. Sean says, no love for the bus. The bus was before his time, man. Yeah, he was – and this is the other thing. Other thing, I wasn't a big-time football watcher. I was a big-time football player. I was outside on Sundays and stuff like that or either try, trying to become like the next uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, because I was like 6'5 in the eighth grade. So I thought mm-hmm. I was going to play basketball before football even popped up for me. I'm an in-depth type of person, DK, with this mm-hmm. stuff, man. Some guys can reel off years of chronological history, and I'm just like, I was probably outside. MJ wants to know how Mr. Rooney is to work with, meaning Art Rooney. Yeah, solid. Very much respectful. It treats you like a human being, not a commodity when it comes down to who just you are. normal. Normal. Yes, 100% normal. Uh, and also the second part to that question, how would the players be happy if the Thursday night package? It's hit or miss. It depends on when that game falls for you. It does. If that game's falling in November, eh, it's a little bit iffy, DK. But if it's early in the season, we get an extra bye week. That's what that is. And also, you know what that Thursday night package means, DK? Mm-hmm. Compensation. So yep. you take that away, you got to take a little bit of that away. So players really got to balance on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing about Mr. Rooney is uh, whenever we run into each other, the first question that gets exchanged doesn't come from me. It comes from him. And he asks, how's the business doing? That's I'm telling you, yeah. good human beings, man. I don't know what goes on behind the building, but that's really Every- solid. Chad says, hey, Moan, do you have any thoughts on Maisie Smith? Yeah, yeah he definitely yeah, does. Yeah. The defensive you know what tackle this is? from Michigan. You but know what this is? As a first is? round pick. Mm-hmm. This is reminiscent of Casey Hampton. That's why they're asking this one. Because okay. you got a big nose tackle uh, similar to him that can complete what you need up the middle as a run stopper. And we talked about this too. Was it last week? That run stopping side of this defense has to be at the forefront yep. of everything moving forward. They can't be out here with a with a uh, nosebleed, not able to stop it. That's unacceptable. Yeah, there's uh... – Looking here for the the next one that we have here. This is a good one here. This is one I was waiting on. Brian Boxler says, uh, "Hey, Moan, long time listener, first time asker. Will the additions that we made at guard and I notice the plural there that Brian correctly assigned. I see. Will they possibly make Dan more better, meaning a, a better guard functioning as band aids for the tackle position? That's a really good question. I'm not sure That's what a- the answer to that is. Have you ever had to make a left tackle better?" Yeah, and I think man, Al, Al I mean, has acknowledged. Al, I was going to say Al. Al came yeah. in raw. Al, that year, three of the five of us made the Pro Bowl. Al had sentiments like, "Mon, you should have made this with me," because his career trajectory. How I looked out for him, and he looked out for me on blocks and stuff like that. All that is though, man, is uh cohesion. 
That's all that is. So, so yeah, Brian Boxler, that's what you're talking about, the cohesion of experience. And also this, I'm glad you said that, uh, that, that Mason Cole is becoming a vocal guy because now they can strategically start critiquing each other and pressing each other to be a little bit better. That's what's necessary, DK, inside of that room. We, I'm telling you, we went at each other very respectfully, but with a lot of love, like, hey, Come on, get this together. So, yeah, I can see that being the case with Dan Moore. Where'd he go there? Just lost him. Lamont Curry says Jordan Addison is a must. Uh, Jordan Addison had his pro day today at USC, and it was performed in front of the watchful eyes of a lot of people who were not named Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan. Now, you can read into that what you want. They also were not at Juju's pro day at USC. So there is some subterfuge, some trickery that goes on, but maybe they're also just not interested. Remember the one thing about Addison, my friends, is that they watched him for years. Yeah. Okay. There's not much of a book that they need to get on him. Yeah. And that can be for better or worse. That can be, they've already made up their minds. They love him. They're absolutely going to take him. The Kenny has sold them. Or it can be the exact opposite. Yeah. Okay, it, it, they've seen enough. That's like, what I was going to say. Uh, the biggest uh, the biggest mold that they have, as far as information on Jordan Addison, is his former quarterback. That's mm-hmm. all you need to know about that it one. It is. is. Yeah, 100%. There's, there's not really any kind of mystery that, that needs to happen in, in this scenario here. They don't, yeah, they, don't no. need to, they don't really need to fool anybody here. Uh, who's going to be the third quarterback? I wish I could tell you that I one, man. Chris Oladokun? I have no idea. Uh, truthfully, I'm only worried about the one right now, and that's that's uh, Kenny Pickett. Uh, I just need to see growth out of him. We'll get to that when camp counter comes out and everything's leaking out. But, yeah, uh, that's the only one I'm worried about right now is Kenny. Sorry, just short answer. Rick says, I can't see a wide receiver in the first round. you got too many defensive holes. Like, I, that is a luxury pick at this point. It really and truly is. Like with Connor Hayward, also with Pat Frymuth, you got other outside weapons too. And Najee being able to catch the ball out the backfield, we hadn't even mentioned Deontay and George Pickens. I mean, seriously, you get a guy in the fourth or fifth round, I think that's that's a good place to be at for another wide receiver. Jeff wants to know when you're coming. We're going to take a couple more today. Jeff Jeff's wants to know when you're coming back to join the coaching staff. Oh, no, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm too busy. My kids are at the teenage age now for the most part. I have one at the teenage age. Uh, my time schedule is, is way too crazy for that one. Short answer. Can I, can I be a lot more blunt and a lot less polite? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> this idea that players that you love, okay, this is so commonly expressed by fans here that I have to take issue yeah. with it. This idea that players that you love, A, can be great coaches, you have no idea. Okay, the skill sets have nothing in common. Yes, it's wonderful when there's a Mike Munchak who can come in with a Canton resume and everything else. And the moment he walks into the room, everybody's jaws drop. Okay, (laughs) but there's a problem with this, which is that players who are great players, they made a lot of money. Yeah. And now you're going to go back and work longer hours for less adulation, no running out of any tunnel. (laughs) <laughs> okay no no you only blame and 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 for what for what you know like if it's really in your blood 
Like I love what Ike Taylor's doing right now because it's it, it mm-hmm. it's very clear that it's in his blood. But there were even people saying that when Ben retired, oh Ben should be the quarterbacks coach. Why mm-hmm. would he do such a thing? You know? Uh, you know what, too? Quick little pro tip, man. Um, I used to side eye and judge guys that didn't play the game. As mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't think oh, Todd Haley played. Todd Haley didn't play in college, if I'm not mistaken. No, Todd he did is not. A, has a beautiful mind, okay, with how he goes about to say what you want to about him. Todd was very smart with this. That's the thing that you have to be first. You have to be a teacher first. And most guys that become pros, their level of breaking stuff down and making it very simple is hard for you to do. I wouldn't have the patience for it, and I'd be like, how come you don't already know this? That, those would be the questions I'd be asking. You didn't learn this? Well, I, I, It'd be tough. I, I work with a couple of high school kids around here, and I'm working with my youngest on some stuff now, my 10-year-old, and I'm slowly walking them through it because that's the pace that I need so that I can make sure I can teach them uh, how, to, how to properly block as offensive linemen. The final word today goes to Vincent, who says, defense, defense, and more defense is my hope for the Steelers draft this year. I I got no argument with that. I'm telling you, with that, I want to see Mark Robinson grow. If he's going to play in a package for this defense, I need to see a pistol of a middle linebacker somewhere in this draft, and I need to see a torpedo of a defensive lineman or outside edge. There's just got to be something there. Maybe it's Leal. Uh, Maybe it's Leal. And I keep forgetting to mention uh, cornerback. I mean, those are the three primary positions of need. Playmaker. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Even that, more that, simple. That, that's that's it more than anything else here. All right, Moan, let's do it again tomorrow, you know? Yeah. I'm with you just, Jeff. Uh, Ty Haley was – he had an era. Really good, too. Yeah, it came out in training camp, said 30 points a game. And what did we do? Yeah, 30 points a game. Even I was like – <laughs> Todd, that's asking what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I didn't. He saw how good we were before we were gonna be. <laughs> oh, that is a topic right there, and we'll get Todd on too. DK. We'll get them. We'll get there. We're not going anywhere. We're not going no. anywhere. We'll be back tomorrow. In fact, what do you know? What a coincidence. See, See you guys. Savages.